are live from Melbourne, Australia. From Melbourne, Australia. Bringing you the Performance Hub podcast. Strap yourself in as we explore the world of human performance. No BS. No hidden agenda, just real-world applicable information to help you optimize your human performance. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Coach Max and Carl. Um, so we're back. Back. We talked about in our last podcast episode, uh, mindset and how ACE, action changes everything, and building momentum. And we are chugging along here we're chugging along we're building momentum so yep. we're, we're practicing what we preach exactly which is important um so today uh, we're talking through another one of our pillars um so we'll do a bit of a deep dive here uh, but the pillar we're going to talk about is pillar number two uh which is movement yes and it's again like we did on the mindset there's just some principles that uh underpin it uh, that allow us to sort of uphold exactly what movement uh, encompasses when it comes to optimizing human performance. Um, so we can delve into that, go into, I guess, examples of through our own experience where, you know, clients and, and people that we encounter who might be struggling with, with certain aspects of it and how we can actually better troubleshoot them um, to really bring, I guess, that movement aspect to life. 100%. So uh, this is probably going to be one where we're prone to go down rabbit holes um, yeah. because Carl and I, um, with, our, <laughs> with our backgrounds, uh, we do like to nerd out on the uh, movement aspect. So yeah. this would be, if you're a client of ours, this will be an insight into how our mind is working when we're writing programs. Yes, yeah. it's already ticking. And it's one of those things where it's like, there's so much to unpackage with the whole movement side of things, um, which, yeah, like I said, we might have to, at certain stages, just hold, uh, put the brakes on a little bit, <laughs> make sure we're back on bar. But uh, no, this would be good. I think listeners will get a lot out of this one. Definitely, definitely. Um, so. Without further ado, when we're talking about movement, um, what we really mean by that, I guess, is the training side of yes. the equation. So yep. obviously physical movement. Um, and that can be, um, I guess, multifaceted. Yep. Um, but we've attempted to kind of narrow that down um, within this pillar. And that's why we have our principles within the pillar. Yep. Um, so what are our uh, principles, Carl? Uh, well, just like our mindset, there's three principles. And the first one is quality over quantity. The second principle within our movement pillar is uh, progression or progressive overload. Uh, we'll go into those in a little more detail. And the last one is movement variety or variability. Yeah, nice. Um, and to go maybe a step back, we didn't, I guess, yeah, let's go back a little bit. Here we go. We've already back going, already. We're already going back. Um, I think for us, because even maybe delving into the whole, you know, exercising, post to working out, what the difference is there. Because um, there is a bit of a misconception in, and confusion on them being the same thing. Mm. Um, so I reckon, yeah, if we want to yeah, go absolutely. into that, this could be a... Um, yeah, I guess it's that age-old, not age-old. Yeah. It's not age-old for anybody listening to this, but for us it is. Um, exercise versus training, like what's the difference? Yeah. Um, and I guess the big difference for me, if we went as simple as possible, yeah. is one of these things is goal-oriented and one of them is not. Yeah, um, that's perfect. And, you know, it's not that one's good, one's bad. It's not exercise is good. It has you know numerous health benefits, yeah. both yep. physical and mental. Absolutely. Um, but when we're talking about training, we need to have a goal that we're then working towards. Yes. Um, and that's when we start to talk about things like you know programming. Yep. None of these things can really exist unless we're in the training side of the equation. Yep. If we're just exercising, like 
go on for a jog. Like going for a jog is great. Yeah. But that's not the same as, you know, I'm trying to run 10 kilometers at this pace. So today I'm going to run three kilometers at this pace. That would be training. Yes. Whereas, you know, I've got my dog and I'm just jogging around. That would be exercising. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. Really good explanation. Um, And I guess it's one of those things that once we do know what the, I guess, goal is, we can then reverse engineer that and then actually have a training plan in place that's actually going to work towards that. Um, and then it becomes a bit more purposeful and, and logically thought out as well. So again, it's that old thing. We're not throwing things at a wall, hoping something's going to stick and we're going to get the result we're after. It's actually, no, this is a logical way for us to map it out. Um, all right. So let's go into them. That's great. So let's go into our first principle, quality over quantity. So what does that mean in the context of movement? Uh, well, essentially it means how well you do something or doing something well. Yep is going to matter more than how much of something you're doing. Yep. Um, and again, that probably ties in with that training versus exercising um, yep. Yep. kind of conundrum as well. Yep. Um, so really for us, that can be multifaceted. Um, it can mean the quality of each individual rep of an yep. exercise. Yep. We could be talking about that. Yep. We could be talking about the quality of your overall session. So how hard it was, if that was truly reflective of your goal. Yep. Um, and basically all of these things matter so much more than like how many days a week you're active. Like, again, that might be good to exercise regularly, um, but from a training point of view, the quality of each workout, the quality of each exercise, the quality of each rep yep. is going to get us far better results. Yeah, definitely. And we talk about like that longevity mm-hmm. in, in the gym, outside the gym in terms of day-to-day activities as well, like that quality aspect of things is so important in terms of laying that foundation, uh, particularly if someone is a newbie to weight training or resistance training um, or you know, newbie to any form of training. Obviously, there's going to be a huge window that they can adapt to. Um, so you pretty much, they're going to get gained straight away. But if we're doing that in an ineffective way in terms of movement quality um, that might be suboptimal, then we're potentially setting them up for you know risk down the line um, so, you know, we've got a duty of care, I guess, in a way as well to make sure that um, we set that foundation and we've got our um, building the house analogy when it comes to that as well, that, you know, if we take that time early, building that sort of movement competency, movement quality, um, then, you know, we're going to reap the rewards later on because that's going to withstand the test of, of time and the daily rigours and stresses of, of everyday life. But if we don't, on the flip side, take that time early on to build that sort of foundation um, of movement quality, then cracks are going to appear, uh, wear and tear over time, um, and then, you know, we're patching up as we go. Um, and then, obviously, before we know it, it's going to be a bit of a ticking time bomb. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, really um, spot on. And I think as well, if we think about um, when, when people are training, like yeah. you said, newbies there, making sure we're building that foundation. I think even if we go a step further, even people that are that intermediate or even advanced yeah. stage, did they get there by doing complicated exercises or did they get there by being really good at the actual exercises themselves? Like yeah. just focusing on the basics yeah. for a long period of time. And, you know, you and I have both trained a lot of athletes, some pretty high level. And I think people would be surprised how basic the training was yeah. to get them there. Yeah. Um, Cause it was really just about the quality of what they were doing and doing that you know, to the best of their ability. That was the key. Yep. getting them you know stronger faster what have you yeah yeah it wasn't necessarily like this new whiz bang exercise technique no um, not at all i think you know that's true for lots of things with that bruce lee quote you know you don't fear the man that knows ten thousand uh, kicks yes. the yep. one that's practiced one kick ten thousand times 
obviously it's 2021, so it could equally be a woman. Um, yeah, 100%. But, you know, there's something to that. Like, yeah, I think there is that misconception that you need to be doing um, more complex things as you get further along. Yep. When the reality is you probably just need to continue to get good or at better, sorry, better, yeah. um, at the basics and then progress them, which is obviously our second over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's great. And I, I think really like, you know, coach when I was – you know, growing up as a as a junior athlete and everything like that, but it his thing was always do the ordinary things in extraordinary ways, yeah, yeah. and that's something that throughout obviously playing, but also coaching athletes as well, and, and just coaching just general pop as well. That's probably something that's stuck by me, and that I try and live out from a philosophy point of view. That yeah, you know, yes, the bakeries aren't sexy; they're not going to get you a lot of likes on Instagram, um, but they work for a reason. Hundred percent, and it's like if we. This is just, I guess, us from coaches. Like, yep. do we want to overcomplicate something in terms of a training plan? Yeah. Or do we want to do something that has as little potential to yep. go wrong as possible? Yeah. Like, we know, like, we 100% know that this is going to work. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, sometimes, like you said, the foundations are foundations for a reason. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we actually don't need anything aside from the foundation. No, no, that's exactly right. Because fair down long, we put that pool in, we're having a good time. <laughs> You're listening to the Performance Hub Podcast. No BS, no hidden agendas. All right, so that's good. So now we can work on two, and it does, it flows in nicely. And that's, I guess, the idea of these principles is the second one being progression or progressive overload, which we can go into a bit more detail. So um, I guess we've got to go into first understanding the training process um, and and how that all sort of works from, I guess, a stress response. Do you want to touch yeah. on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So I think, again, it goes back to uh, what you brought up at the start, that training and exercise. Yes. Yep. Um, so if we are training, what we're looking at, I guess, is every time that we train, it's essentially a stimulus or a stress. Like, yep. You can use those words interchangeably. Um, so what we're trying to do is stress the body, provide that stimulus, then we're going to recover and adapt to that. And over time, that's how we get stronger, improve our fitness yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, it's always kind of the same. Um, yep. So we need to be aware of how that happens. And then that kind of ties into that idea of progressive overload, which in its most basic form basically means in order for you to improve on something, you need to progressively increase the difficulty or the amount of it that you do. Yeah. Um, so easiest way would be, you know, if we're trying to squat more. It's like if I came in and squatted 100 kilos every single week, after a year, how much would I be able to squat? Probably 100 kilos. Yeah. Um, but if I went from 100 to 102.5 to 105, week in, week out, that's that idea of progressive overload. Yeah. Or I could do, you know, five reps and then the next week I do six and then seven and then eight. Um, and you could do the same thing with running or yeah. whatever you like. Yeah. Um, but the idea there is that we're increasing the training um dose or yep. the stimulus over yep. time and that's going to give us that adaptation over time yeah and i think the biggest thing that i think you touched on was uh which is key in terms of that is the gradual yes so we're gradually yep. dosing it over time um so if there's anything that you can take out that gradual dosing over time and increasing that over time doing it in a progressive manner is the biggest thing 100 um, because you know a lot of people, um, and it happens all the time. And even as coaches, like we get carried away sometimes. Absolutely. I'll put my hand up. 
Oh, um, I'm the worst confident. <laughs> yeah, where it's like, you know, we'll go from zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. Um, but obviously then we're, you know, we're coming off depending on what your base is and, and you know, it's not going to be the best thing when we have this rapid spike in that training stress, as you said. Yeah. Um, again, without building foundations, it's it's going to have cracks that appear and unfortunately injuries and, and niggles are always going to be that side effect of that. Absolutely. I think this is probably something that so many people get wrong on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I think you have people that, never actually progress anything yeah um you know they've been going to the gym for 10 years and they've been lifting the same amount of weight in every single exercise and they're confused as to why they're not getting stronger yeah it's because you never actually asked your body to become stronger yes yes Um, and then you have the other side where it's someone who comes in and it's like, oh, day one, yeah, I've squatted 50 kilos. And then it's like, oh, next week, I'll go to 110. <laughs> <laughs> I felt good last week, so. I'll there needs to be. Overlay by 100 and something percent. 100 <laughs> percent. There needs to be a middle ground. Um, and this is like a universal rule for training um, that needs to be adhered to. And yep. this is what, you know, something that we think about. Um, so the stimulus needs to increase. So whether that's yes. more sets, more weight, more reps, you can manipulate rest frequency. There's all these different things you can do, yeah. but it does need to have a plan to progress every week. Definitely. Yeah. And this is probably where um, things like, you know, you hit circuits and stuff like that. That's where they kind of fall away after a certain point because they're not overloading. So no. it'll work for a period of time and yep. then it'll get to a point where unfortunately you're not going to be able to get stronger or fitter or anything else because the progression just simply isn't there. Yeah, it's a novel stimulus. It's no longer a novel stimulus. Yeah, yes. And I think that's where, I think we touched on it and alluded to it earlier about the whole you know, newbie gains. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, your window to adapt or your rate of improvement is huge depending on, again, um, where you're at in terms of your training age, training level. Um, so you can pretty much throw any real stress at the body and, and you're going to adapt and see some benefits from it. Um, but there's always going to get a point where you can only keep throwing that same stress and the body's essentially going to stagnate and you're going to plateau with your training. And that's where, I guess, like you said, having that more structured approach that accounts for the need to progressively overload is going to be where you can continue to adapt and and progress with whatever physical capacity or quality it is. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And I guess that probably ties in nicely to the other side of that um, second principle um, being that progression regression. So if we know that pretty much anything will work for a beginner, yeah. Within, you know, within reason, yes. any program yep. will work um, and get you some form of results. If we want to extend those results long-term, yep. it's like in that newbie process, the best option for us is to get good at like the fundamental movement patterns, yep. which we're going to need later on yep. once those newbie games run out. There's going to be a period where, you know, there's only so many like um, hit circuits you can do. There's only so many... Um, of those type of, you know, box exercises, stuff yes, like that. Yep. But if you get to that point and then all of a sudden you then need to learn how to do all these other exercises. Yes. Well, then you kind of got another learning curve again. Whereas if we were doing that from day dot, it's like, okay, once we hit that point where we need to start really ramping things up, it's like, at least you now know how to do all the exercises. That's it. And I think there is, yeah, that's something that's you know, overlooked and, and not really valued, that there is a massive skill component mm. to a lot of these movement patterns, movement skills that you'll do within a gym setting. So, um, you know, within that program, yeah, like you said, it's like the skill and rehearsal of actually doing the movement. And that's where that quality comes in um, because then that's going to allow you to probably progress at a faster rate um, but allow you to do so in, I guess, the most safe way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I think if 
for us to, to delve really into like how we program movement patterns, etc. Yeah, that's probably its own podcast. Yes. Um, yeah. So we won't do that here. Um, but I think we should touch on that idea that how we um, approach things is this idea of along with progression, progressive overload, you yep. have progression and regression of key exercises. Yep. Um, and essentially what that means um, is we'll start somebody off with what we call like a baseline exercise. That's yep. kind of our you know, um, key starting point. But from there, depending on the needs of that individual, yep. like we can regress that. Maybe they um, haven't trained for a long period of time and they're not even able to complete that baseline exercise yep. to yep. a quality. Yep. Again, going back to that quality point that we're happy with. Yeah. Maybe they've got an injury. Yes. Um, what have you. And then we can work on progressions from that um, over time. So it's kind of like twofold. Not only are we um, progressing the overall amount yep. of that stimulus, but we're also progressing the difficulty of the exercise itself. Yes. Um, so it'll be a similar version of an exercise, but it'll just be increasing something. So for us, it could be we're removing... I don't know, a source of external stability. So we might start someone off, for example, doing a squat down to a box. Yep. Over time, it's like, sure, we could just keep on doing more and more weight on yep. that squat to a box. That's yep. fine. But at the point, we might take that box away. Yep. So straight away, we've increased the difficulty of that. Yeah, of course. Or we might make the box lower. So we've increased the range of motion. Yes. Um, lots of ways to go about it. Um, but a key, a key part of what we're kind of trying to do is also progress that um, competency in terms yes. of being able to perform the exercise in a controlled fashion through a full range of motion. Yeah. Like that's kind of what we're aiming for. Yeah. No, I love that. And, you know, we obviously will, within our system, we'll assess people on what their current capacity is and that'll establish where their baseline is in terms of where they fit within, I guess, that specific movement pattern, that uh, progression, regression uh, list. And then from there, you know, that, that's great because, yes, they're going to feel like day one they can perform that movement and execute it at a, at a high level or level we feel comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and then it's sort of, okay, depending on what their end goal is, then we can sort of map out, okay, well, this is the progression. Um, this is where we want to go to. Um, and that automatically, I think, gets some really good buy-in um, because they don't feel broken day one. Mm. You know, they're able to actually execute the movement um, and then you're giving them this roadmap of where they can go with that. And then again, like I said, it's going to be dependent on their goal. So, you know, if they don't want to do any powerlifting, well, it's like, well, yeah, maybe you needing to squat ass to grass with a, um, you know, low bar back squat isn't going to be something we need to do. No, it's, it's a stupid thing to do. Yes. Um, no, I think that's really important. Um, you know, the, the goal is going to dictate to an extent what you need to do. Yep. Um, and for us, I guess what we try and do is match the goal with your current capabilities. Yep. And then, okay, we have a progression or regression yeah. um, that's suitable for you. Um, but I think sometimes one of the biggest mistakes people can make is go straight to like the most complicated and yeah. the most difficult progression. Classic ones, the barbell back squat. Yeah, yeah, barbell back squat. Day one. Day one. Like, yeah, we're just it's like you might be able to do that. It might be appropriate. Yeah. But it also might not. Or like if people will ask me, you know, um, hey, what's the hardest version of like a split squat? And I'd probably go like probably like a Bulgarian, like a riff, whatever. Mm. You go, oh, well, why, why shouldn't I be doing that? I want the hardest one. It's like, okay, are you going to get better results from doing your current, like it might be just a split drop from the floor, doing that in a really controlled fashion, controlling yeah. through the full range, being able to use a decent load? Yep. Or do you think you're going to get better results from doing a Bulgarian split squat and just wobbling up in place? Like, there's a yeah. pretty clear answer here. Yeah, yeah, um, 100%. And what we all are doing as well, if we skip straight to the hardest um, 
progression. We're just potentially leaving all these gains, as people would like to say, on the table. Like, hmm. why wouldn't I want to get the most out of the simplest thing? Like, if I can progress, I'll just do this one for four weeks and then this one for four weeks and then this one for four weeks and then get there. Yeah. And then I'll be able to get progress from that. Like, I don't want to go straight to the end and potentially just stall really early. Yeah, and that's it. I think, you know, if we're using so-called advanced methods earlier on in that development uh, process and, and training journey, mm. well, then, you know, whenever we tap out, then it's like, okay, well, we can't go to those advanced methods because they're no longer a novice stimulus to the body. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we, we've lost that, you know, possible um, gains that we could have later down, I guess, the training um the training journey but yeah i think that's great now i guess we can go into now with the pro the progressive side of things is yes we want to do more but sometimes doing more isn't always the answer mm -hmm. there's like okay we want to do more but we want it to make sure you know it's the right dose it's the optimal amount that we should be doing um, but i think everyone gets in that mindset that you know doing more is better yeah and or hard is better spoiler alert um it isn't it is <laughs> no um especially if we get to a point, um, you know, if we start training um, in that newbie phase, yep. like we said, you're able to get um, progress pretty easily. Yep. Um, you're also able to, like, you'll be really sore when you try something for yes. the first time, yep. obviously. But as you get a little bit more familiar with it, you're going to recover reasonably quickly. Um, and the reason that is, is because it doesn't require much of a stimulus or much of a stress to actually get progress. Yep. You know? Um, it could be like adding, you know, one rep or whatever, one set or That's whatever. It. Yep. And you're not lifting enough weight or you're not running hard enough or far enough for it to be truly taxing to the body. Yeah. However, yes, you reach a point when you require more and more of a stimulus to continue to progress. Yeah. And when you have more and more of a stimulus, you need more and more time to recover from that stimulus yes. in order to actually adapt to it and get stronger or faster or improve your um, aerobic fitness, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that so many people miss. They think that, oh, you know, I'm just going to go from five days a week and I'll do six days a week and I'll do seven days a week. You're going to get to a point where those sessions are going to need to be hard enough that you're not physically able to do them that frequently without the quality dropping off and yeah. therefore you're defeating the purpose of doing more sessions anyway. 100%. Yeah, no, that's perfectly explained. Um, but I think it's a really common mistake. Like, I think especially if people get stronger, um, yep. you know, if you take someone who's, let's use an example, um, a reasonable newbie and they're doing, you know, deadlifts or what have you. Yep. So, yeah, you could probably do deadlifts multiple times per week. Yeah. If you take somebody who's deadlifting like 300 plus kilos, it's like a really strong person, and you try and get them to deadlift multiple times a week, that's not going to work. No, They're going to be absolutely cooked. Taxing on the body. Because um, not only is it the muscular fatigue. Yeah, you know, neural fatigue. Neural fatigue, everything else. Um, and that's, I guess, something to consider as well. Like more isn't necessarily better. Even though like the stress is more. Yes. It doesn't necessarily more, mean more frequency. It just means more output. So yes. Potentially more recovery to go along with that more output as well. 100%, 100%. And that's... Um, you know, I love that because, again, the movement does uh, intertwine with the recovery, which is not yeah, a pillar absolutely. of ours. So we could go down that rabbit hole now, but I think we'll keep yeah, that. We'll keep that up we'll, we'll keep that in the bank for sure. But, again, I think it's um, that's going to be really good because we'll tie that in nicely um, and it's definitely a missing link. 100%. Um, um, and, you know, one of the things, like we say to people all the time, is like you don't get stronger from lifting weights. No. Nah. Get stronger from recovering from lifting weights. That's it. Um, yeah. So a really important piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And I guess, you know, 
the flip side of, or you keep going further it's like yeah the better we can cover the more training stress we can handle the more training work we can do potentially better our results yeah um and i think on that um i guess the last point on this progression uh, progressive overload is often when people are in this mindset that they just need to do more training overall yeah, yeah. the reality is if you are truly feeling like this you're probably not training hard enough um, yeah. in the training sessions that you are doing. And I know people hate um, hearing that. <laughs> like it's confronting. Yes. No, 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 yeah. I am, I am. And it's like, okay, but hard is somewhat subjective. Um, yes. As well, like when I just want you to do like, yeah, it's hard, okay. You get to a certain point in training when it always just feels hard. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we could um, all have examples where you have clients just like flying through their exercises they just want to do more, they don't want to rest. It's like, if you don't need to rest for the prescribed period, then there's probably not enough weight on the bar for you to truly be working at the correct intensity. That we're after. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem. Or it might be us asking you to control more. You know, actually, we've got a tempo here for a reason. Manipulating like, different variable there. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going really fast. Like, yes, but by sticking to the tempo, it's harder. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Lots of little things like that where you go, okay, um, if you want to train more and you don't want to rest between sets or what have you, it's not necessarily that you're not trying hard enough. No. It's that you're not comprehending how this works. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And you're not executing the program to what the design yeah, exactly. you know, specifications um, are in terms of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, if your program is dictated to your goal and you're not following the program correctly, then you're probably not following the best path to get to the goal. Yeah, that's it. And what's that thing? It's like, you know, the best program in the world, um, you know, even if it's poorly adhered to, is not going to get the desired result. Mm. So, you know, it's like a an average program that's adhered to 100% is obviously going to elicit better results. So it's one of those things, isn't it? 100%. Um, and I think, you know, we have little things we do to make sure people are aware of like how hard they should do. Like, yes. Um, even like with our individual programs, it's probably easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah. even in our group program, um, people um, who aren't familiar, we'll, uh, not every single training block, obviously, um, but we'll often throw in um, like a one AMRAP set yeah. um, at the end, um, either if it's just like in the first week of the program or if we're doing like different waves to different rep ranges and stuff, we might do it each week. Yeah. And it's not because we think there's anything magic um, about an AMRAP set, it's because we want to make sure that people are lifting at the right intensity. So if we're telling them to do um, eight reps, you know, on a squat or a trap yeah. bar deadlift or what have you, and then they do that for three sets. And the last one we say, do as many as you can. And that person busts out 25 reps, yeah. which has happened. Um, yeah, yeah, multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> um, what does that tell us? It tells us that those first three sets of eight reps are nowhere near hard enough yeah. to be an actual training stimulus. It's like, yeah, they might feel somewhat hard because you're inexperienced at the movement, but we know, okay, we need to significantly increase this load because we don't want you not able to do the eight reps. That's no, not no, we don't want, yeah. Especially, with, you know, compound movements. We're not, yeah. we're not going to, you know, technical failure or anything correct, like that. Correct. Like it's also being smart you, with it. We probably want you, you know, no more than four reps from technical failure. Yes. Yeah. Um, Something like that. Yeah. Know? So it's yep. like you could, we're doing sets of eight, but you could do 10, 11, 12 reps if you really pushed it before yep. your form broke down too much. That's but it. they're probably still in that zone where we're going to expect progress. But if we can do 15 plus reps without breaking a sweat, 
okay, this is no longer hard enough. That's so it. we need to revisit that. Yeah. And I think that's been a bit of a game changer, um, you know, working with obviously our clientele, but just in general, in terms of them understanding where they need to, I guess, go with their loads as well. Because yeah. um, uh, like you said, it is very much a subjective thing in terms of that perceived effort and actually how hard it is. Um, but then it just reinforces to them that they're, they're stronger than what they think as well. Absolutely. Particularly, you know, I guess if we go with the female clients as well. Yeah, they're much more um, sensible as well. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, the, yeah correct. The male's uh, driven a bit more ego. Um, so <laughs> they're generally pretty close to what their uh, eight rep will be. But um, no, definitely, it just allows them to know, okay, for future weeks, where are we going in terms of that um, load and, and yeah. whatnot. And it can be a good thing to do if you're listening to this and you, you train by yourself or you train up the yep. gym. Um, it could be a good thing for you to do. Just don't do it obviously by yourself. Like don't try and do an AMRAP bench press set for God's sake. Make sure you've got someone <laughs> <Yeah>. there <laughs> spotting you. Um, but you might surprise yourself. Um, yep. And you, if you are doing, you know, five plus extra reps at the end, it's like, okay, well, next week, it's not a bad thing. No. Um, all it means is, hey, you're stronger than you thought you were, yep. which is good. Uh, and it just means next week you can up the ante a little bit. That's it. And we're looking at, you know, obviously a big thing in, in you know, progressing is, is understanding uh, and measuring certain qualities and, mm-hmm. and, and cap, you know, cap capacity. So, you know, for us as well, it's, it's like, all right, we're looking at either a weight PB or rep PB mm-hmm. um, and then getting indication of that. So measuring that progress over time is also going to f- fuel that motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Um, all right, so I reckon we've touched on that very nicely, the progressive overload. So now let's go into one um, that we think plays a, a big piece of the puzzle as well with the, the movement pillar is movement variety um, and variability. So do you want to touch on a little bit, I guess, on what that sort of entitles? Yeah, so um, I'll go broad than narrow. Yeah, um, yeah. So essentially what we're talking about there is there's kind of a spectrum yep. um, where we're going how much variety do you want in your training? Yep. Um, and depending on your goal, it's probably gonna sit in a different place. So the um, principle um, at play here is the said principle, which is uh, specificity, adaptation, imposed demands, yep. which is a really uh, fancy way of saying, you're gonna get good at what you do more of. Um, you know, so yep. if you wanna get really good at say push-ups, just do bunches of push-ups. <laughs> um, but um, along with that, it comes in a bit of a cost. So for us and for most of our clientele and with that mantra of optimizing human performance we want to be sitting in a nice balanced position on that spectrum between how specific we are and how much variety we include in the training yeah so we want to have enough specificity that we get good at each of our key movement patterns like that's really important to us Um, so if we're always just doing random stuff every day that you come into the gym well unfortunately you're never going to get really good at anything Anything, Um, and we do want to master movement but if we go so specific um, to say, like, let's just say you're training powerlifters, you might want to get really good at just squat, bench, press, deadlift. For us, though, that doesn't make sense because that's going to come at the expense of something else. Yes. Um, and it's potentially going to increase your risk of injury, um, so yeah, on and so forth. Definitely. So for us, it's like enough specificity to reach the goal, but then enough variety that you're still ticking off all your health markers and you're just an overall robust human. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's the that's the thing. We're trying to create, I guess, a well-rounded human uh, that uh, is resilient to the demands of everyday life. And 100%. I think you know when we go into you know we want to expose them to different movement patterns yep. um, at different speeds under different loads, uh, and and that's going to build that capacity to handle different things. So I think yeah, I think touched on really well. It's like you know that idea that you know variety is good, 
in terms of enjoyment of the process, like, you know, variety of the spice of life, like we need to, to have that variety. But then on the other side of that is like too much variety um, can be just as bad because then we're not actually getting any of the benefits of that training process. So, um, yeah, it's obviously, you know, depending on what and where people sit, but now we're under that idea that, yes, we need some variety um, in terms of making sure that we're ticking boxes, but obviously not too much that we're actually not getting that enough of stimulus and stress to actually get the adaptation raft up. Yeah, 100%. And I think that sits nicely within most of the clients we work with as well. Yeah. Like we have some that will come in with a more specific goal, yeah. which obviously we steer more that way. Um, but I don't think we have anybody that's like, all I want to do is this one thing. Yes. You know, yeah. I'm committed to being, you know, the world's strongest man. So, okay, cool. Yeah. That's probably you want to steer very heavily <laughs> towards the to one side. specificity yes. um, side of the equation. Um, and I think this is probably reflective of us as well. It's like, yeah, yeah, we want to be stronger. Yeah, we want to get jacked. We also, yeah, we, we want to be able to run a decent, I want to be able to run fast, jump high, like all these different types of qualities yeah. that we kind of just want to merge in. That's it, yeah. Um, no, 100%. I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where the clientele probably enjoy it as well because it's, okay, well, I'm, I'm feeling a bit athletic here, but I'm strong here, but also, you know, um, I'm not going to blow up after running 100 metres. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's again, building that well-rounded, uh, robust human that, uh, again, underpins our, our mantra. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even from, like, an enjoyment factor, the uh, variety is important. It um, is, 100%. Like, unless you... And even if you do have a specific goal, it still gets boring. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of coaches make the mistake of um, projecting their own bias onto the client, but then also just like getting really dogmatic of like, this is how we need to train. Like, yeah. This yeah. is how you get stronger. This is how you do this. As we know, after doing this for a while, there's lots of things that will work. Yes. And if we can improve multiple qualities at once and yeah. also prevent that client from really becoming just run down with just like repeating the same exercises, the yeah. same reps, the same this week in, week out. So why wouldn't we do that? Yeah, 100%. And you're probably going to get more buy-in that way because they feel part of the process. Yeah. And then from there, they're going to take greater ownership of the, the training as well. Yeah, and like any of our like um, private clients would know, um, or semi-private clients here at Performance Hub, we'll ask them what they want to do. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like they write their own programs. Like, we're 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people, especially some clients, they can't be trusted. They can't be trusted. We're not going to name names, but you guys know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> um, but no, we always ask them, like, is there anything that you don't, you specifically really don't enjoy or anything that you do enjoy? Because we know that... We put that as the ACPs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> we know that, um, you know, if, someone, if they're bought into the process and they enjoy doing it, yes. they're more likely to do it. And again, like we said, that quality um, over quantity, you yeah. know, if they have a higher level of effort, it's going to work better. So, you know, if they say like, oh, I just really absolutely hate back squats. We're like, okay, do you have a goal to do powerlifting? No. Well, then okay, you're not going to do back squats. No. We're going to do some kind of knee dominant exercise for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But it might be a different variation for that person or That's that it. different progression or regression. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll find, yeah, the most appropriate one for what, like you said, their specific needs are, what their goals are. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we just ask them and then do something else anyway. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. You can't so, win it all. I mean, sometimes, you know, you know, you get uh, the answers that it's just like, okay, well, we'll sprinkle that in, but we've got to make sure we're ticking these other boxes as well um, to ensure that we're, you know, upholding these other yeah. uh, principles. We'd have some clients that would never do anything below the waist <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think that's great. I think the listeners, hopefully the listeners got something out of that. Um, 
again, I think, you know, we were sort of speaking before the, we actually jumped on that, okay, if you can take anything away from it, what will be the biggest thing? Um, and I guess it all boils down to having more of that structured approach. Yeah, I guess 100%. that is logically thought out um, and is mapped out in a way that is going to be that gradual uh, progression towards whatever the specific goal is. Yeah, gradual. And I guess that ties in nicely to what we were talking about in our last episode, um, the mindset. We're talking about how it was just those little small actions, small wins. Yes. Yep. Training's kind of the same. Um, it's like, you know, there's not one big change you need to make. It's just consistently making those progressions over time. Yeah, perfect. Um, and again, I think it's one of those things where, you know, the human element comes in where there's going to be those setbacks. Uh, unfortunately, you know, injuries and, and things do happen. So it's like, you know, what do they say that, uh, you know, sometimes plan B is the, the best plan A um, and as close as we can be, then sometimes that's the goal. Yeah, definitely. And on that note, if you go back, I think in episode four uh, with the great man, Tony G, Tony G uh, we're talking about that exactly that, like the yeah. trainable menu. So yeah. finding a way to work around or work within your current um, situation, that progression, regression kind of model um, and that trainable menu is basically what can you do on that day? Yeah, I love that. And again, that ties nicely. We're just absolutely <laughs> kicking guys. It ties nicely with our mindset. Uh, podcast that we previously did but it's also again it's that idea that you know sometimes we get so fixated on what we can't do but let's shift that mindset into no what what can what can we do so um yes there's always something we can do um besides that guys hope you enjoyed that we'll get off because we are rambling now we've gone down that <laughs> rabbit hole love the of our, our own voice <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the performance hub podcast Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to see more Hub-related material, check us out and follow us on Facebook, The Performance Hub, Instagram, performancehub underscore Melbourne. Until next time, keep pushing the limits of human performance.